and put on that, you know, that holy glow and everything be cool. It's tough out there when somebody cuts you off from a parking place you've been trying to find for 15, 20 minutes. Or when some bubba cuts you off in traffic and waves at you. Or ro- the windows roll down and he yells at you. Or you don't get what you exactly ordered at the restaurant. Or the person who's waiting on you at the, at the, at the, at the, uh, cash, at, at the cash register never looks up or says anything, just puts their hand out. It's hard to love those kind of people, but God has called us to love those kind of people. He's called us to do that because we're taking the gospel of Jesus. We're missional. We're, ta- we're on a mission. Everything we, have, we do has to be missional. Reaching out in love to demonstrate God's, or to demonstrate Christ's love. That's what being missional really is. Whether we're taking meals to, to people that are shut in, whether we're, taking, uh, we're, we're gathering together and raking a yard, whether it's putting a roof on, whether it's doing medical and dental uh, trips to, to poor villages in another country, or whether it's packing shoeboxes. All of those things are missional. They're not just things to do. They're ways of reaching people with the love of God. So we have to change the way we think. We live in a mission field. Whether you believe that or not, we live in a mission field. When we go to school, we're in a mission field. When we go to, uh, to, the, to the mall or to, or to the store, we're in a mission field. When we, when we uh, work at our workplace, we're in a mission field. Everything we do as a church has to be geared to reach those who have yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? We're not here for ourselves. This is not a country club where we come and, and we enjoy the perks of being Christians. This is like a water station at, 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 in a marathon run. run. If, if those of you have, who've watched the marathons, there's, there's points all along the, the, the race course where, where there are people handing out refreshments and drinks and Gatorade or whatever they hand out. It's because the people running are about worn out. This is for those who are worn out from being missional all week. Okay, this is where we come and we, we get together and we draw energy from each other where we hear the glory stories and, and we sing praises to God and then we get revved up and pumped up and out we go. Last night, I got to be honest with you, I don't have cable TV, okay? And so I, I didn't realize it wasn't going to be on regular TV. So don't feel sorry for me, okay? Don't feel sorry for me. I grew up listening to Alabama football games with my daddy on the radio, and so I love to do that. I'm glad I couldn't see it last night because I would have died pretty soon. But I'm listening to it on the radio. And I, I, I don't know what they're doing in that stadium, but the music is thumping and, and, and there's a guy screaming. So I know he's the weight coach. He's the conditioning coach. But they've got him on, 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 the, on the, I don't know if they got him on the Jumbotron. I don't know where they got him, but his voice is thumping. He's screaming to pump them up, to encourage them, to get them going. Folks, that's why we meet on Sunday. This is not what it's about. That's what it's about. And if we're, if we're, we've got to change our mindset. Churches are not a place we go. Church is what we do. It, it's who we are. Okay, when I say do, I mean when we're out there as, as serving. Not going through the motions of worship and those kind of things. I'm going to say it again. We're not here to serve ourselves. We're here to serve others. So we're going to be a missional. We're going to be missional in everything we do. 
Core value number eight. I got to see where I, oh good. I'm, I'm in good shape. Core value number eight. We will actively develop fully formed disciples of Christ through small group ministry. Some of you I know wonder, why don't we do Sunday school? Well, we don't have a place to do Sunday school. All right? Number two, we didn't plant the church to do Sunday school. Sunday school is important and it, it works. But there's, there's another kind of ministry that works even better. And that's building relationships with your neighbors. And, and, and developing groups with, with people that are not saved or who are not in church, who've fallen out of church and building friendships. And then through those friendships, introducing them to Jesus. And, and by introducing to Jesus, at some point, they very likely will become Christians and will become a part of some church. Okay, so we've just we've just decided that we're going to develop fully formed disciples through small group ministry. And and the reality of, of 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 fully formed disciples is all of us are in the process of becoming fully formed disciples. None of us have reached the place where we can say I'm fully formed. We may look like Jesus a little, but none of us are 100 percent accurate in everything we do like Jesus would do. So we're all disciples that, that are, are forming. Discipleship, folks, is essential. Otherwise, there's no one to teach the next generation. There's no one who reaches maturity. There won't be any qualified leaders or teachers or preachers or missionaries or members in this church. Our goal is to move Christians from the nursery stage into maturity. Okay? There's nothing wrong with being a baby Christian. But when you've been a baby Christian for 25, 30, 40 years, there's a problem. It may not be with you. It may be with the, the, the body that you're a part of. There's no discipleship. Jesus took a bunch of fishermen who didn't know very much about the ways of God. A, a terrorist a tax collector, and he discipled them hands-on, one-on-one, until they were mature enough to, he left them the message of God. That blows my mind. He left them in their hands. He left a bunch of fishermen and terrorists and tax collectors and regular people like us. The future of the movement, and, and, and not just the movement, but the relationship that he died to give, he left it in their hands. And he told them, you know what? You guys are going to do even greater things than I did. You'll do the things I've done, but you'll do even greater things. Why? Because he had discipled them. He had poured his life into them. When believers become disciples, instead of just attending and consuming, they're changed into servants. And when they're changed into servants, then they're transformed into leaders. See, there's a progression. Jesus never intended us to all follow, follow, follow. He, he intended for all of us to lead a group of disciples. I mean, the people that were being discipled. He, he intended for all of us to be disciples. Now, that may not mean you stand in front of a class and teach. But every mother in here is a discipler. Every father in here is a discipler. Every person in here is a disciple. You're teaching somebody something. 
right or wrong. We desperately need some leaders in this church and people who see the need and, and they're willing to meet the need. People who are willing to stand up and do whatever needs to be done. Not out of a sense of shame or out of sense of guilt, but just because it needs to be done and it needs to be done right. They see it and they meet the need. Now, that's the kind of leader that becomes missional. A missional person sees everything whether they're teaching children, whether they're working in a nursery, whether they're cleaning a building, whether they're sharing the gospel, whether they're feeding the hungry, whether they're raking a yard, whether they're making coffee, whether they see a piece of paper on the floor and pick it up. They see that as an opportunity to show God how much they love Him by serving. That's all, that's all I'm talking about. We do this primarily through small groups who gather and they build relationships with one another. And they study, sometimes they study God's Word. Sometimes it's exer an exercise or a walking class. It, as many things as you could do, that could be a small group. Every person in this room should be a part of a small group. And if you can't find a small group that fits what you want to do, then start one, Okay? You understand what I'm saying? You, you may not want to go to, you may get all you can stand Bible study wise on Sunday morning. Okay? That's okay. I've been there before too. Then start a group of people that ride a bicycle. They have a Friday night cookout for six or eight weeks. That meet together and do whatever. You, I mean, you could go to the gun range and shoot or the, or the golf course and play golf or, or you say Nelson you mean you're giving us permission to yeah just do it with this mindset you know what I'm going to pray and ask God to give me some guys or some, some ladies that I can disciple whether it's on the golf course whether it's, it's Friday night at my house on the deck with the, the barbecue grill but some people that I can just show them who Jesus really is. It doesn't mean you have to teach a Bible study. It may, it may mean you just before the meal have a prayer. And you just pray. It may mean that, that you just sit and talk. See, it's, it's not hard. It's not, you don't have to teach a Bible study. It doesn't have to be a religious thing. It can be, you know, it may be a woodworking group that gets together and builds something. It could be anything. I could go on and on with this. But small groups... Build relationships with people. And when you build a relationship with a person, you begin to love that person. And that person begins to love you. And when they see Christ working in you, and they see that their, your life is different somehow than theirs, they get hungry and they ask questions. And you get to share a little here and a little there. And you know what? God works. All we have to do is sow seeds. It's up to God to make the seed grow and to gather the harvest, okay? That's all small groups is. It's just, it's just a non-threatening atmosphere that we build friendships with. See, we're not out to get, you know, I've, I've got to be careful how I say this, but we're not out to, to, to get a decision from everybody. We've got this, you know, take no prisoners, count your scalps on your belt, and how many did I share the gospel with, and how many got saved? Sharing the gospel is important, and people getting saved is the ultimate importance. But if I don't love people, 
I'm using people as a means to an end. Okay? I'm using people. So I make myself feel better about myself, spiritually speaking. It's when I begin to really love people that I really understand what lostness really is and, and, and what hell is really like. When I start to love somebody, I don't want them to go to hell. And I'll do anything that I can to share the gospel with them. Whether it's, it's just loving them or it's, it's verbal. God uses missional-minded leaders to lead lost people to belief in Christ. Oh, so we've got to move from babies to maturity. And the way we do it here is through small groups. Core value number nine, everything we do, now let me put it this way, we will do everything we do with excellence. Okay? Let me tell you what I mean by that. We cannot do everything. All right? We can't be everything, but everything that we choose to do, we're going to do with excellence for the glory of God. We're going to do the very best that we can do. We don't have a hundred programs at this church. We don't have activities going on all the time. We don't have events everywhere. Number one, they wear you out. Okay? Number two, they don't always have a, a point. There's nothing wrong with having fun, okay? Don't, don't, don't hear me say we can't have fun. But everything we do is going to point toward our vision of loving God and loving people. And we can't do everything. I mean, you know, there's only a certain amount of time, and there's only a certain amount of, 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 of money. And so what we choose to do, we're going to do the very best that we can do it. We're not going to halfway do anything. God has not called us to do that. He's not called us to do everything. We can't be everything for everybody. He's called us to keep it simple. And when I say simple, I don't mean cheap. I don't mean low budget. I don't mean dumb it down. What I do mean is to stay focused on our calling and carry out our calling with excellence. Okay? Excellent means that whatever I choose to do, or whatever you choose to do, we do our very best at it. We give it everything. There's a passage in Colossians where the Apostle Paul says this, Whatever you do, do your work, work, you do your work heartily. And that word heartily means from the soul, from the heart. Ask to the Lord rather than for, me, than for me, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance. It is the Lord Christ you serve. It's found in Colossians 3, 23 and 24. We have this mindset. We, we've, we've divided the world into religious and the rest. And folks, there is, God doesn't have that mindset. Everything is the rest. Okay? There is no religious and non-religious. And so, listen, if you're here and you're changing baby diapers, do it with excellence. Okay? If you're welcoming people, do it with excellence. If you're serving on the praise team or the media team or the sound team, do it with excellence. If you're taking the offering, do it with excellence. If you're picking up empty cups after the service and, and wiping, do it with excellence. If you see paper on the floor, pick it up with excellence. Okay, There's a difference. People see a difference. 
When people visit a church and they see the glory of God reflected in the way that we do things, in the way that we serve one another, when they meet you, you're the face of God. If I'm half-hearted and I, and, and I just let things go, what kind of face am I portraying? Let them see excellence in everything that we do. Excellence, listen to me, excellence reflects the glory of God. I grew up hearing this. If I heard this once, I heard it a million times from my father. He said, son, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Okay? Over and over and over. I hated it when I heard it. Because I know that I'd have heartedly done something. But you know what? It stuck. And so, you know, if we're just satisfied with just going through the motions, you know what? People don't come back to a half-hearted church. Okay. So listen to me. Whatever you do, do it with excellence. Do it with excellence. We're going to be a church that does everything we do with excellence. We can't do everything. We can't be everything for everybody. But what we can do, we're going to do as well as possible. Okay? If you see something that's not what it needs to be, let me know. Better yet, fix it. Okay? Just fix it. I give you authority and permission and whatever else you need, blessing. Just fix it. And the last one, and I'm done. Core value number 10. We are committed to revival in the church and awakening in America. We are not satisfied with just doing church. Okay? Going through the motions of religious activities. Our passion at Eagle's Wing is to be the church. Okay? By the way, church is a noun, not a verb. Okay. A church is a person, place, or thing. And the body of Christ is, is not a place. So it's a person and corporately a thing. Okay, It's not something we do. Verbs are action words. They're doing words. I don't know a lot about English, but I know that. Okay, And so our passion is to be the church. The overcoming powerful, spirit-filled body of Christ, fully alive, fully aligned, and fully acting as agents of the resurrected Lord. That's what He's called us to be. We're His agents. And so, you know what? I refuse. I don't have, I don't, like I said a while ago, I'm standing on top of the hill looking back and looking forward. I don't have time to go through the motions. I've done church. I've told you that. It didn't work for me. It just heaped chains on me. Folks, God didn't call us to do church. He called us to be the church. And for that to happen, we have to have a hunger for and, and actively pursue a move of God. We have to go after God. And we have to cry out for Him to pour out His Spirit on this nation. By a move of God, I mean a, the presence of God, where the presence of God comes and the power of God falls. Okay?
Listen, what, I, what I've learned through Scripture and what I've seen through my experience is where the presence of God is, the power of God falls every time. He doesn't come in His presence without His power. But a lot of places just want His, they want His power. They don't, they don't want His presence. He doesn't work that way, folks. We've got to want Him. And if we'll want Him, He'll come and He'll bring Christmas with Him, Okay? Revival means that as a church, we have to wake up, and we have to get up, and we have to grow up, and we have to go up. God is calling the church today to a different level. What, what was okay before, He's calling us to more, okay? Because we live in the last days, all right? Last means there won't be any more. Time is drawing near to the end, and so we have to live like that in a sense. We have, to, we have to stop playing games and stop playing church and we have to become the church and we have to put on our Holy Spirit boots and we have to smash the gates of hell down. You see, God's looking for some people, just some warriors who will stand firm against the lies and the schemes of the devil and they won't blink. They'll stand there and they'll stare the devil down until he tucks his tail between his legs and he hits the trail because he can't stand the presence of the glory of God. Okay? It's not me or you he's scared of, but when we stand firm in faith, God's glory falls. Okay? That's what revival looks like. The glory of God falling because we refuse to give in or give up. And we go after God. Folks, that's the kind of, of faith that I'm committed to. That's, those, those, those core values are, are what I believe can take a body into the presence of God if we'll do those things. I'm going to rehash these real quick. I'm going to go back over them. I think Tom's going to run them so you can see them, and then we're done, okay? We're going to actively seek an intimate relationship with God. We're going to be a praying church, not just a church that prays. We're going to find our identity in Christ and not the activities of doing for Christ. We're going to actively pursue a spirit-filled life. We're going to passionately pursue the presence of God through vibrant and enthusiastic worship. We're going to cultivate a culture of honor here at Eagle's Wing. We're going to be missional in everything that we do. We're going to actively develop fully formed disciples of Christ through small groups. Everything we do, we're going to do with excellence. And we're committed to revival in the church and awakening in the nation and the world. Folks, that's, that's our measurable, tangible, concrete steps to love God and to love people. If we'll do these things, God will know we love Him. And people will know we love them. And when we love God and we love people, God comes. He changes our lives and He changes the lives around us. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.